Hey, babe. Hey. We're back. This is weird. Isn't it weird? It feels so nostalgic. <laughs> it's such a long time ago since we did this. It's been years, it felt like. Changed the we're, Voldemort virus. We've evolved. We're new humans now. <laughs> You're listening to Arts 252, the podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Heyman. And I'm your co-host, Ray Amiant. And we're back. We're back from a quite the long hiatus due to the global pandemic called the virus who shall not be named. Part, partly, but also because I spilled water on my computer and it died. But we're back, and um, with this particular episode, we're not going to be doing a What's Inspiring Us. We thought we'd start off kind of light mm-hmm. and fluffy. Um, if you recall, if you're a regular listener, mm-hmm. I read Harry Potter for the first time last year. I listened to the audiobooks, and that's after never having listened to or read or anything Harry Potter for my entire life. And I binge listened to the audiobooks last summer, and we did a podcast about what it's like. That was the Halloween bonus podcast, was us recapping what you thought of the books. That's right, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, it kind of recapped what I thought, because I was an outsider looking in, not being a huge Harry Potter fan, not, not being new to the fandom. Yeah. Um, well, since we're in lockdown... <laughs> Or we were in lockdown. What else are you going to do? We watched all the Harry Potter films now. And so that's what we're going to do on this podcast. We're going to discuss the films. Discuss and review. Ad nauseum. So we have a list here of topics we want to discuss so we don't get off track or get get too rambly. But we are going to rate the movies first. Do you want to just give your overall take on the movies? Do you want to start here? Yeah, well, I'll I'll start first because I have watched the movies before. And I think I had started with the first one and I was like, or the second, first through the maybe the second one. And I was like, no, no, no. I hate this. I only like the books. I don't like this. They switched out Dumbledore because yes. the actual actor passed away. You were like, no. This is not Dumbledore. Yeah. And then from that point on, you were kind of like, I do not like these movies. I'm only a book fan. I think I had watched all the movies, but all I could really remember was that I hated Dumbledore. And so I went into it this time with pretty low expectations. I don't know if it was because you were with me, if it's because I'm older, but I was... I really enjoyed the the whole marathon. Like I enjoyed all the movies and the whole experience. Um, some of the movies I liked less. Like well, we'll we'll critique them in a minute. Yeah, because we're gonna we're gonna rank them best to worst in our opinions. It's funny you should mention the binging, the watching it all at once, doing the marathon thing. We watched it, I guess, over a period of few weeks. But I just want to communicate to the listener that we didn't like sit and binge watch it all in like one weekend or something like that. Yeah. Like we probably took a movie a week, maybe two movies a week mm-hmm. to watch the series. And here's what I, I'll say. I think that you have to read the books in order to 
enjoy or really get the movies because mm-hmm. they really cater to readers and they really just I think they rely on the fact that you've read these stories already yes because it is confusing even though they kind of connect the dots for your few family members you're watching it with in case they haven't read the books and then you can help like hold their hand along the way but for the most part I feel like you have to read the books to really get the movies right I would second that I haven't sat (laughs) to rank them in my head so I'm just gonna do this real time so do you want to start with the worst or the best? Let's start in chronological order, maybe. Ooh. The first one, and how? what's our ranking system? Stars? Oh, okay. Or we I can see give it, do. like, so many lightning bolts. Uh, f- let's start with, like, five out of five is the best. Okay. Uh, so let's do a three, two, one, and we'll say our rating on the first one. All right. You ready? Uh-huh. Three, two, one. One, two. two lightning bolts. Oh, yeah, okay, sorry. Yeah. I started to say one, and I was like, oh, wait, no, it wasn't a one for me. It was more like a two. Okay, yeah. two lightning bolts. So we didn't like it. I, I would agree with you. Um, here's the thing. Just the- we, It was laughable. We were dying laughing <laughs> at the pacing and, and like the structure of the whole thing. It's like, and now here's Ron, and here's Hermione, and here's well, Nearly Headless Nick. And it's like, who in the heck is Nearly Headless Nick? Nobody would know unless you read the book. Yeah, it was like, the movie very much felt like, for us, okay, there's fans of these books. These kids love these books. So we have to hit all of these beats. And we're going to mm-hmm. just, we're going to, all right, make sure we mention this. Boom. Make sure there's Hagrid and he's busting in the door. Boom. Make sure there's a cake. Boom. And make sure, you know, here's the Weasleys. And then... Do you know why I gave it two stars instead of one star? Why? Is the second star goes to just the overall setting and world building like they captured the setting of harry potter perfectly yeah yeah. but as far as the story it was like i take three stars out for the story (laughs) well and the pacing was off it seemed real choppy oh and hedwig kept transitioning the scenes it's like here comes a hedwig where's hedwig going oh we don't know she was just there to kind of yeah they would show this overarching landscape of of hedwig flying and it's like and then like oh new scene or or new part of the year now it's october now it's christmas or whatever anyway it was laughable and i'm gonna go ahead and i'm going to say it because you're putting a lot on these kids shoulders and the Mm -hmm. acting was just yeah the the acting was bad um but they're not the they're not like the Matilda actors. No, they're just, not. They're just child actors. They're exactly. not like special. Exactly, and that's not a critique of of them today because they've Ron, all grown Ron into was their. Pretty good, yeah, I have to say. they've all grown into their acting chops. Um, mm-hmm. But like you said, you're asking a lot of these kids at this young of an age to pull this movie off. Two two lightning bolts. Two out lightning of five. bolts. All right. And uh, also, I, the other star goes to Dumbledore. But anyway, cool. So what's the next Second one? movie, Chamber of Secrets. Chamber of Secrets. Is this the one that's underground with the snake? Yeah, yeah. And then the spiders. Yes, yes. Okay. Okay. Three, two, two one. Three, three lightning bolts. Three lightning bolts. <laughs> yes, yes. We're all right. I actually, with this. I actually was really impressed with the story structure. They left everything in... There might have been a few things that people would be like, 
I, I can't remember what we thought of whether you needed to read the book first to understand what was going on. I think it was pretty clear. I think it was pretty clear. But I remember while I was watching it, at least two of those lightning bolts goes towards story because it... I've heard people say, like, oh, my favorite movie or my favorite book is The Chamber of Secrets. And that's always been my least favorite of the books. But this time watching the movie, a lot of important things happen. Like, the whole Whomping Willow gets introduced. And the car scene, flying mm-hmm. car scene. Um, the the mystery behind all these children disappearing and, like, how each each death involves you know, kind of a loophole for why they didn't get totally petrified. And it's interesting how all that fits together. Since I'm writing a book right now, I was actually really inspired by the plot of this movie. And I hadn't really, I'd been distracted by the other plots in the other books um, to the point where I didn't really appreciate The Chamber of Secrets until I watched this movie. Mm-hmm. It gets a three, it gets three lightning bolts because... Honestly, because whenever in this in this scale, when I'm comparing it to the other movies, mm-hmm. like like the next movie and like yes. the last few movies, it's mm-hmm. like okay, so these gets this ranking. So yeah. when you compare it with the other ones, it has to get a three, mm-hmm. because uh, the other ones were admittedly much better, but um, this was way better than the first one. <laughs> I think maybe the transitions were still a little weird, um, and the acting. Some of the choices for the characters uh, wasn't quite as good as it gets later on in the movie, I think. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So, um, let's move on to the next one. Prisoner of Azkaban. All right, I'll do it this time. Okay. Three, two, one, four. Five lightning bolts. Oh, you only gave it four? I only gave it four. This one was perfect to me. Except for the CGI werewolf. But everything else was like A++++. Go on. Okay, so I love the cinematography. I don't know who it was, but I felt so immersed in the story. And it was the first time, even though like I gave a lightning bolt for setting on the first one, the setting in Prisoner of Azkaban, and you could tell the art direction or whoever was directing like the landscapes and like the um, backdrops and all of that, uh, was on another level. I don't know if it's just with time because well, it was later on. I actually mentioned in this movie the because in the first two movies when they would do these tracking shots of just mm-hmm. an overview of Hogwarts, Hogwarts in those movies looked like a castle. Yeah. But then whenever I saw the castle in this movie, it's like oh they've they've remodeled they've upgraded the castle because yeah. it had detail more it detail. had architecture it had more browns instead of grays. Yeah. The yeah. other the other castles in those other shots in the first two movies looked like a cardboard cardboard cutout. Mm-hmm. It looked mm-hmm. very static. It's more of a silhouette. Yeah. yeah. And these I was like oh I like this and I yeah. think I mentioned in this movie. That they moved Hagrid's hut mm-hmm. super far away, I and you had to like hut. travel over like land and yeah, sea. Yeah, you had to, to get go there. downhill. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's weird. You can tell that they keep changing like where the lake is and where Hagrid's hut is, and like throughout all the movies, they keep changing the landscape around Hogwarts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, this one had a lot more. The way that it was shot and the the scenes. It was immersive. Yeah. It, Really did a good job of making you feel like you were in the movie. Mm-hmm. I I mean, I grew up listening to the Jim Dale audiobooks, and, you know, everybody forms their own opinions before they see a movie, and that's why books are always, like, better. so much better, because you can, you can make 
the characters the way you want them. But plus Jim Dale, the way he voiced narrates, yeah. Dumbledore was kind of like hairy, like very airy and like wise sounding. And the way that the new Dumbledore talks was like booming, like voice. Like and he, were, he was like more emotional and like. Well, there were scenes gruff. where, like in the book, whenever Dumbledore says silence, it's almost like in the book you get the sense where he's just like, silence. And everyone just, because they respect him so much, yeah. it goes quiet. But in like the movie, this Dumbledore is like yelling at yes. them. Like, shut up! <laughs> I hate like, it. He's all like, I'm like, geez, Dumbledore, chill out. What the heck? Yeah, um, it took it took me a while. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess I should take a, a lightning bolt off for that Dumbledore, maybe. Uh, okay, so we're on to movie number four. Is this Goblet of Fire? Yep. Okay. You ready? Uh-huh. Three, two, one. Two lightning bolts. Why didn't you say anything? I'm going to do three lightning bolts. <laughs> I thought we said it after one. So you say two, I say three. Three is what I gave the Chamber of Secrets, but I think I like the Chamber of Secrets a little bit more than the Goblet of Fire. I don't know. Anyways, see, that's I what gave I it did. a three because I gave the first one a two, and in my opinion, the first one's the worst. So if you can't go yeah. under, you know, and it's not on par with two, or with the first ones with two lightning bolts. So okay, I gave it three okay, lightning I bolts. agree. It's not quite as bad as the first one. The problems I have with Goblet of Fire is that there's not enough. It's such a thick book. Well, there's not enough serious. I think his head appears in fire twice. Yeah. That's all you get is yeah. black. I wanted... They, it just felt like they were flying through. That's true. That's everything. what we said. It, this this book had so much... It needed to be a part one and part two. Yeah, so much interesting things in it mm-hmm. that in the movie they had to skip. And I understand, understandably so, but they had to skip so much stuff. And it's just like, ah, I wish they would have showed this. You know, they didn't even show, you know, Dobby in the stands. They didn't even show... Or just, like, trying to prepare for each Triwizard Tournament. Yeah. It's um, just like, oh, we're and now we're here. Yeah. It, it, it just... It went by so fast, and they had to skip out or cut out so much stuff that it was just mm. kind of a disappointment. So that's why I gave it my three. Do you give it two or three? I'll go three because the first one, like we said, was laughable. And this wasn't laughable. It's just like... Just, you know, the the pacing was a little too fast-paced. And, I mean, it makes sense. So I can't really fault them for some... They can't leave in as much as what the book has. So I can't really fault them for that. One thing that I didn't like about it was some of the cheesy romantic stuff. Or, like, you know, the dance, the ball. It just felt a little bit more teen movie. Also, I take at least one full lightning bolt off. For just Hermione in general, her wardrobe, her the way she looks. I I like Emma Watson, but you know, at least with like the Princess Diaries or something, they try to make Anne Hathaway look like a nerd, mm-hmm. and then she has a glow up and she earned her glow up or whatever. Um, with Hermione, it's like we can't make her look nerdy or like really have frizzy hair like she she's not supposed to really have a glow up till the end of this movie and the whole time it's like her hair is already not frizzy anymore she never really had buck teeth she just at the ball or at the dance they're like 
She's supposed Hermione to look, looks a, like yeah. totally different, and she looks the same. The same, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's supposed to be like have this beautiful transition, yeah. And and it would have been like, so oh, cool. If so she you had. put on a nice dress, but you still look just as pretty as you did before. Yeah, <laughs> before this just takes me out of it a little bit. Right. And right. as uh, mm-hmm. someone a part of the big hair community, curly hair, I'm like, just give her some curly hair. Right. Why don't you? What What's wrong with big hair? Right. Right. All right, so three three lightning bolts, goblet of fire. Next one is Order of the Phoenix. Order of the Phoenix. Order of the Phoenix. Which this was is my, the new director. Well, this is this is a new director, it's and at this point, the director that stayed. Yeah, this director stays with the rest of the series, so he directs all the films after this. You ready? Uh-huh. Three, two, one. Five four. lightning bolts. Okay, I give it four lightning bolts. Yeah. All right. Let me talk this time. Okay. Okay, so Order of the Phoenix was my favorite book out of the series. Because Harry was so angsty, and he was really coming into his own as far as, like, everybody's just ticking him off. They're keeping him out of the loop. They're overprotective. They're not letting him do the things he wants to do. And then Umbridge shows up, and Umbridge is just a jerk. And he stands up to her and tells her off, like, two or three times, even though he has to cut into his own skin. It's really cool. It's really, mm-hmm. it's really good. So in this movie, he's a little angsty, but not very much. Yeah, he's still really chill. They do a good job of making you hate Umbridge, because mm-hmm. I hated her in this movie as well. Mm-hmm. But I love all the members of the Order of the Phoenix, and I, I don't know, I kind of wanted to spend more time with them. Mm-hmm. I really liked the beginning of this, when you could tell it was a new director, I liked uh, I think it starts out with the playground in the field. Like, we see more of, like, the Dursley's household uh, neighborhood. with the creepy neighborhood. Like, there's there's a playground. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, I think, swinging by himself. Yeah, yeah. And Dudley and his crews come up to pick a fight. But, yeah, I loved the mood of it all. It just felt like he was really into the the world a little bit more. Like, he, the way he painted the world, the way he painted the mood, it was so creepy at the beginning, but also not too creepy. It was just such a perfect balance of it getting a little darker, but not too dark. Right. Well, and David Yates is the first director that, in this movie, gave us the same feeling we had with the third movie, where mm-hmm. it's like, oh, it feels like you're in this world. And yeah. But I think he's the one that started bringing the humor in. Yes, that was he did. Like, I was like, okay, he's, he's... It got way funnier. It got funnier, but he had a good sense of... Let me let me say this. <laughs> I read that David Yates made the actors do several takes, and he just kind of used the best ones to piece mm-hmm. together the film. And so you can really tell that in the film. Yeah. Uh, you know, more... the end product, there's nuance in the mm-hmm. actor's... There's these little asides or these little moments or these little expressions that yes. really give character this, development. Yeah, this movie way more character development yes. and insight into the characters. And this is when all three of the actors started Jiving. doing better. Yeah, yeah. I think I mean Daniel Radcliffe was always pretty consistent, but I think Hermione really did a lot better in this mm-hmm. movie. Mm-hmm. Or Emma Watson. Yeah. Things are starting to get darker, things are starting to get creepier. The stakes are starting to get raised, and things are starting to get really, really interesting, you know. I loved um, Arthur Weasley in this one. Oh, mm-hmm. I will say, I gave this one five stars, but this isn't knocking the movie. 
Uh, it just has to do with the storyline in general. I think it was so cruel, and I talked about this in the other podcast. I think it was so cruel for J.K. Rowling to kill off Sirius. So they rescued Sirius. Mm-hmm. He's like pacing in the House of Black. You can see how restless he is, like not doing anything. And then, spoilers, to have him die the way he did before he was like justified before anyone knew that he wasn't bad except just that small group and um just overall it was painful to watch all that again because that's like my least favorite part in all the books yeah i mean it's 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 still good like i'm not saying you can't have sad parts in books but it's just brutal okay next one Half-Blood Prince. Half-Blood Prince. Okay, let's rate it. All right, ready? Mm-hmm. Three, two, one. Five, Five lightning bolts. bolts. Yeah. <laughs> it just, I don't know. It was perfect. It was fine. It was good. I, I don't really remember specifics. I just, this is the one where um, it's yes. d- it, it's, we get a lot of Dumbledore in this movie. Yeah, and this is where they go looking for Horcruxes. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, this also has Slughorn. Oh yeah, the he new is potions. So cool. Yeah, and I love that oh, yeah, actor. It starts out with Dumbledore taking him to see Slughorn. Yeah, so he was all over this movie. Well, here's the thing. This is why I like this mo- movie so much because it starts off with Harry in this little diner. Yeah, flirting with the girl. Yeah, and this is the one where there's some of the romantic stuff happening, but he's handling the the kids. Maturing, yeah. But he handles it in a lighthearted way, and it gives it just enough weight to make mm-hmm. you care. Mm-hmm. But uh, it doesn't turn into it's like it doesn't dissolve into a teeny bop gnome or anything yeah. like that. Yeah. Because this is where Ron becomes keeper, mm-hmm. and of course, then he, him and the the girl get to crush on him. Oh, Pansy. Pansy Parkinson is mm-hmm. that her name? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they have a little tryst. Yeah. And then Harry's developing a crush on Jenny. Jenny. And all this is happening, but it doesn't overpower the story. It's just mm-hmm. these little windows into what's going on. Yeah, and it's not cheesy. And um, and they, they go there. Like it it gets like he does he does show quite the glimpses of these relationships, but it doesn't get cheesy. Yeah. Dumbledore shows up, interrupts <laughs> <laughs> Harry's attempt at a, asking a girl for a date. But then I love Slughorn. I love mm-hmm. going over there. I, I love, love him actor. being the potion. Yeah, I love that actor. And him being the potions uh, professor is perfect. But then, like you said, there's a lot of the, the interaction between Harry and Dumbledore when they go look for Horcruxes. Mm-hmm. Just the direction's really good. Um, the kids getting older and maturing is really good. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, Snape's really developed to be like a softer version of Snape in the books. We can hit that here in a minute because we're going to talk about mm-hmm. general things we like and dislike. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's probably my favorite. Well, and this one is whenever, uh, you know, Slughorn invites Harry to his little round table. Yeah. He finds a date and mm-hmm. asks Luna. Yeah, um, I love Luna. So that's really cool. Uh but yeah, this one's probably my favorite out of all out of all of them. So, what's the next Deathly Hallows? Yeah, part one. Part one. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk about it in part one and part two, or just talk about the whole thing? Whatever. We'll just do it as one. So, Deathly Hallows, part one and part two. Yeah. 
Are you ready? Uh-huh. Three, two, one, four. Five lightning bolts. I gave it four lightning bolts. Really? Yeah. You gave it a five on the TV. Well, I gave it a five on the TV, so they'll recommend me the movies that I want. Oh. <laughs> I'm not being a movie critic when I'm just telling oh. Voodoo what I like. No, compared to the other ones, I want to give it a four because the, the one we just rated is my favorite. Like, I can't mm-hmm. have all favorites. That's how. That's just the way I, I What? How I was ranking it was all of David Yates get a five star. Oh, okay, okay. Do you want to start out on this one? Uh, let's, let's see. Let's reminisce. Um, there's lots of Ministry of Magic. We get to see... Voldemort a lot. I mean, it, it felt like they took their time. It didn't feel rushed. They really hit all of my favorite parts from the book. Yeah, so the, there's nothing that I was like missing. I was like, oh, they didn't. Well, they divided it up into two films, which honestly, for like the last three or four books, probably could have been divided into two mm-hmm. films. But no movie studio is going to sign off on that. So I understand that. Mm-hmm. But with this one, because they divided it up into two, they really were able to give it the proper attention mm-hmm. throughout the whole thing and give you all the scenes that kind of are creepy. in the book. You know. It's This is where... Everybody turns into Harry, and they have the chase. No, I really dug it. I really dug it as uh, an end cap on the film. I love Voldemort. I think the way that the character or the actor plays Voldemort was... He's like a very intimidating villain without really being that ruthless. Right. Like, he's not super ruthless. Like, the meme or the joke is like, he's so patient. He always waits till Harry has his schooling before he attacks at the end of the year. But yeah, even when he's, he's like, he's more human. And they, they did that pretty well. They played him as pretty human in uh, these last two movies. So yeah, is that. Uh, The one thing that I did find myself missing was Hagrid in. At least in part two, um, Hagrid has a big part where he is basically sobbing over Harry because he's dead. Mm-hmm. Everybody thinks he's dead, and he did kind of die. Um, and that was one of my favorite parts in the book because I'm just like, you know, Hagrid's carrying Harry back to the school, and he's the one holding him when everybody sees that he's dead. and. I just wanted it to be a little bit more sad and a little bit more focused on Hagrid's point of view after all this time taking care of Harry and being like like his main his main man. Hagrid's like the one who's been there throughout even more than Yeah, Hagrid's was Dumbledore like, and yeah, McGonagall yeah. and Right. They're like besties. Yeah. Yeah. And and so I I wanted that arc for Hagrid but they didn't get to spend time on that. Right, but. right. I remember thinking while I was watching The Deathly Hallows, like, where's Hagrid this whole time? Mm-hmm. Because in the books, he is there. He's just kind of behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. But then they do the... He talks about going to get the giants and all this stuff, and they can't hit all that in the movie. Oh, yeah. They also left him They left him out in The Half-Blood Prince. So if we go back um, to book six, it's like he's supposed to get... He's supposed... At one point at the end when he's chasing after Snape, after it's revealed that Snape revealed, in quotes, that he's the bad guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, he basically becomes like that D&D giant. Um, is it Berserker? Like, he's he can't be affected by their spells. Yeah. And he's just, like, 
like he's invincible. Like he's chasing after him, uh-huh. and they keep throwing spells at him, and, and he wasn't even in, in that scene. Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, just side note. Okay, so that's that's our rankings. Yeah. Uh, for all the movies. So let's talk about the movies as as a whole, things that we liked and things we didn't like. So what are some things you like about the films? I was oddly surprised at how much I loved Daniel Radcliffe's performance. Mm -hmm. I don't remember his performance at all when I watched it before. And I've always been someone who's like more into the secondary characters because they're so full of character. Harry's more the relatable one. He carries the story, but he's he can't be too polarizing or too weird or too have too much character because then maybe not everyone would feel like they can relate to what he's going through. A lot of times, like the main character of a series is not as beloved as some of the side characters. So like, right. I don't know, Luke. I, a lot of people love Luke now, but at the time it was like they kind of liked Han or Leia more than Luke or whatever. Right, right. Because he's just supposed to be the steady character. And that's kind of what Harry is. He had so much character in the movies for me. I was like wanting to give him a standing ovation like with every line. I was like, give him an Oscar. Right. Like I wasn't expecting that from Daniel Radcliffe or from these movies, but I was just really impressed with his acting. What I liked about the movies is there's lots of little things that I wanted to see on screen that, you know, was in my head. And so it's almost visually uh, captivating for me. Like, I, I liked seeing Dumbledore's conveyor belt spiral staircase. And I wanted to see what his office looked like and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So that was really cool. But then there were things in it that I was like, okay, they, they put this in the movie because I was waiting to see it. Like, at the wedding, whenever... Mm-hmm. Is it um, Shacklebolt? Is that his name? Yeah. Shows up. They just, you know, he sends a message or whatever, and he's mm-hmm. like, you know, the ministry has fallen and blah, blah, yes. blah, and things go to chaos. Yeah. Like, I was looking forward to that, you know? Mm-hmm. I was looking forward to seeing the way they depicted the Dementors. I was looking forward yeah. to seeing just all of the the magical elements that they talk about in the book, seeing them just bring to life, mm-hmm. brought to life on film. And so... That was a real treat, but there's lots of stuff like um, Fred and George Joke Shop that I wanted to see, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, just these set pieces that you imagine and then see them brought to life was really, really cool. That's one thing that I liked. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything else that you wanted to mention that you liked about um, the movies? I think it, it all involves characters. Like, yeah. Uh, one, stand, another, like, standing ovation part was... Uh, when Snape and McGonagall go head to head. Oh, yeah. That moment gave me chills. Yeah, that was cool. I was like, this is perfect. Like, they built it up so perfectly. We all love McGonagall so much, and she's an amazing, talented witch, and she gets to... Which Snape's going to not fight his hardest because he's a good guy. He doesn't want to hurt McGonagall. Right, right. But in that moment, it looks like he's just a coward, and she's like the, good best, moment. the best witch in the house. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I liked it when they were camping, all mm-hmm. the tents, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, 
hiding out for half a year or whatever and mm-hmm. all the scenes with that. I thought that was fun. I'd like to see that. And that could have easily become, like, a really negative part. Like, this is, like, they can't figure it out. This is taking forever. But yeah. it never felt like that. Yeah, yeah. It could have dragged on. But that was mm-hmm. cool. I even like seeing Ron get frustrated and leave. But I also like the that Hermione and Harry can be friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're just friends. Yeah, I mean, that obviously that was in the book as well, but I like that you could still pull that off. They weren't trying to make it romantic. Yeah, yeah, in the film. So that was really cool. Um, what else? I mean, of course, you know, to see, like I said, to see the, the Whomping Willow actually do its thing and mm-hmm. the flying car. and One, one thing that we talked a, a lot about in... The book reveal was Luna and, like, how did she get so popular? And I think it was because of the movies. Like, yeah, she's still, like, a strange character. But I I personally really uh, latched on to her as, like, my new future, like, role model. <laughs> <laughs> and she's not like that in the books. Or she is a little bit, but um, not as much as in the movies. In the movies, it's just it, she's just such a wholesome character, and I really mm-hmm. like how her character arc is like. Oh, we think she's weird. Oh, weird is cool, and like she's not self conscious. She has her head on her shoulders, even though she's like, I don't know. I just like open minded people. Yeah, and yeah. That's who she is. Well, I like. I, I second that with Luna. Mm-hmm. I like all those things about Luna. I didn't like the way the actress portrayed her in the movie. Really? I yeah. loved it. No, I, she was too... She's so sincere. Well, I wanted sincerity, but I wanted a little bit more of the crazy or a little bit more of the space cadet. Yeah, it's, or the, different. it's different than in the books. Yeah, so if you I wanted, wanted her to be that. Because I wanted her still to be like confident and... And, you know, I don't care what people think of me and kind of nerdy and weird. But I wanted it because she's kind of, she's, she's, I mean, she's very likable in the movie. And in the mm-hmm. book, it's like, oh, here comes Luna. whatever. Yeah. Loopy Luna, whatever they call her. Looney. Um, Looney Luna, yeah. And it's just like, she doesn't come off as Looney in the movie. I she comes love off it. as a cute little blonde girl who just, is well, she's still awkward. A, she's kind of flighty. She's kind of like... She, her big lion hat. Yeah. And, and still wasn't good enough for me. Her but long hair. I like the character. You yeah. know what I'm saying? You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? That's why I liked her in the movie is because they, they, they changed her character towards something that was more like relatable to me. Like that's kind of right. like how I want to be. Right, right. Um, she... Is when she's like, I don't know, she's always there for Harry. It's like when Harry's with Luna, it's like I can like breathe a sigh or whatever because it's like, okay, Luna's gonna keep Harry on the right track. Right. And like when he goes to get the Ravenclaw crown or trinket or whatever it is, mm-hmm. um, she's the one who's like, Harry, stop, listen to me. Like, and he won't listen. He keeps going up the stairs and she like yells and she never yells, but it's still like in her calm way. Yeah. And she's just so calm. I just love it. Anyways. Right, right. So, what did you dislike about the movie? Let's talk about our dislikes. All of the movies? Yeah. <laughs> All of the movies, No, yeah. that's... You're asking me. Yeah, 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 yeah. I already mentioned Dumbledore. I've already mentioned the things, like, I didn't like how Hermione wasn't nerdy for a long time. Okay, okay. What, what's, what is it for you? 
Um, I want more Fred and George. Oh, Fred I, and George were not the greatest. Well, Fred and George weren't the greatest. It's like they always talked at the same time, and that doesn't let them have any character. But I like in the for me, they played such a major role in the books. Not mm-hmm. only being like bringing the funny. But just being like pivotal characters, like really yeah. good supporting characters. Of yeah. it's, it's like if you can be a supporting role for three other actors, yeah. Instead of like just one supporting actor and one main actor, it's like mm-hmm. okay, here's our our three main characters, mm-hmm. and then we need like uh, two or three supporting characters to build them up. That was Fred and George. Yeah. Hagrid would be on that list, and then below that you would have Neville, and you would have mm-hmm. whatever else you know. Yeah. But just, I wanted so much more Fred and George, and I wanted them to be funny. And they were hardly ever funny. Yeah, they, they, or if they did try to be funny, it just fell flat for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like the scene when they exited and, mm-hmm. you know, and caused all that chaos. I was really was happy good. to see that. But I wanted so much more of them. I personally like the changes they made to Snape because. One of Brandon's biggest disagreements, our biggest disagreements about the book was that I love Snape. He hated Snape. I hate Snape. But in the movies, it kind of shows just more of the, the like, it softens a lot of the really harsh things he did to Harry. We never really see that in the movies, and they always show, like, little expressions, like the way Alan Rickman played the facial expressions, even when he was, you know, like... The first time he sees Harry, they have, like, this staring moment, and then Harry's scar hurts, and he thinks it's because of Snape, but really Quirrell was right next to him. And Snape sees that he he's hurt, and he looks at Quirrell, like, and he's, like, concerned about Harry. And so there's a lot of, like, little moments that, you know, just shows that he does care about Harry. Right. And it does kind of line up with the overall story at the end. I think... Maybe J.K. Rowling knew Snape's arc from the beginning, but if she didn't, that would kind of make sense because he does start out like so harsh. Well, in the book, he's—I think—he's a complete jerk, and he mm-hmm. stays a complete jerk until the very end. Mm-hmm. Whenever Harry gets his backstory and is like, "Oh, you're in love with my mom," and it's like, "Now we're supposed to care about this guy?" Yeah. So you, it's a little more abrupt. Well, it was just like. So you're in love with this woman, and so you treat her kid like complete dirt. Yeah. Like, you're such a jerk. Mm-hmm. Like, what, what is the point of this? And so in the book, I hated that. Mm-hmm. In the movies, Alan Rickman plays them a lot softer, mm-hmm. you know, and therefore they can get away with that arc in the movie better than I think she could in the book. Uh-huh. Because in the book, I was just like, no, you need to die. I don't care. You like my mom. You treated <laughs> yeah. me a jerk for like six years. Yeah. Just die already. Mm-hmm. And in the movie, it's like, okay, I can kind of see where you might care about this this professor, even though he's kind of been of a jerk. He hasn't treated you like total crap. Yeah. He hasn't gone out of his way just to be mean to you, which is yeah. what he was in the book. Uh-huh. So I do like that twist that they put on. Well, Alan Rickman's performance in that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that was worth it. I don't know, besides the Fred and George thing, because I think, I thought I had one or two more, I just can't think of them, you know, Uh, oh, I wanted more, that's what, I wanted more the Beau Batons, I wanted more of that, that Quidditch match, the professional Quidditch match, Uh because it had, I mean, it took up like a third of the book, that whole, Mm -hmm. that whole scene, that whole, Mm -hmm. 
event happening. Yeah, that's one of the things that felt so fast-paced about yeah. book four. And I wanted kind of more of the that showy stuff, and then I wanted more Weasleys. I wanted more Bill. Mm-hmm. I wanted more Charlie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bill and Charlie. Charlie was hardly in it. I know, but like... The the Weasleys the Weasleys as a whole play a much bigger role than yeah. I think they do in the movie. I felt really connected to Molly Weasley in the books because she's like such a mother figure to to Harry, mm-hmm. and in the movies it's like they yeah, couldn't I give her that much. I really spread. like Molly in the movie. Yeah, they just couldn't give her enough screen time, and so when she's there, she like is there to pinch Harry's cheeks. Then she's gone, yeah. and then which you know minimizes her her quote unquote hero scene in the mm-hmm. final film when mm-hmm. she. Kills Bellatrix, but it's like, well, I just I don't really care about Molly enough to really root for her in that yeah. moment that she's defending her daughter, you know. Yeah. Where in the book, it's like, yeah, I'm I'm on board because she's been such a pivotal part. She's been such a mama bear. Yeah, yeah. And then in the movie, it's like, haha, I killed you, and I wish she had <laughs> been just angry. I wish she had just been like seething, like after she killed her. But yeah. instead, she's like smiling. I didn't like it. Yeah. So I wanted more Weasleys uh, mm-hmm. as as a general rule. Mm-hmm. Uh, from watching it the first time, I two characters I really didn't like were were Dumbledore and Arthur Weasley. But this time around, Arthur Re- Weasley really grew on me, and I always pictured Arthur being a little bit more like just uh, more like soph- not sophisticated, but like. Younger kind of. Well, I Arthur picture him Weasley. to be a little bit more proper, mm-hmm. like a little. Like he works for the Ministry of Magic, and so it's just like I picture him kind of looking like what Harry's dad looks like in the movies. Well, and again, it's kind of colored for me by Jim Dale's. Yeah. Uh, because he's like you know, oh hello, Wally, and he's yeah, he's like, that's mm, true. He's very that's proper, true. And, mm, and yeah. I pictured him having like. A mustache and a, yeah. and a bow tie, yeah, and kind of that vibe. Uh-huh. And he, the first time he pops on screen, I'm like, oh, he's kind of a he's kind of a goober, yeah, <laughs> he's uh-huh. kind of doofy looking, yeah. But he, he grows on you, he grows on yeah, you. yeah, yeah. Okay, so our last thing on our list to discuss, uh, which was your topic. Why J.K. was so successful? Yeah, with and this. I have I have my answer and you have an answer, Do and they're I? two different things. We kind of talked about it before, and you said one thing and I said another thing. Okay, but like this is what I took from it, like for my own book that I want to write because I mean it's such a it's a well talked about thing that like you you leave. Hope in your heart that you'll become a successful author when you're writing a book to be published. It's like, is there a chance I could be in the Harry Potter realm? You know, and it's very, it's very unlikely. Just how it's unlikely to become a, a pop star or like a a movie star. It's really hard to become a movie star. I think it's really hard to be on the same level as J.K. Rowling. But still, there's like a little bit of hope that I see in all the Instagram accounts I follow with writers and they're like, my book is, if you like Harry Potter, you'll like my book. And you know, it's it's, it's talked about a lot. We're all inspired by Harry Potter, but I was really wanting to analyze why she was so successful. And I think the thing that I took away of something that I could improve on with my story is 
that J.K. Rowling was writing a mystery novel. She was writing fantasy in the fantasy genre or the fiction genre, but it was straight up mystery. Each book has a mystery. And it it's like the whole puzzle, puzzle aspect of trying to figure out what's happening. And I know that's an aspect of a lot of books. You're trying to figure out what's happening. But with this, it's a straight up mystery. And I think if I could like just really study mysteries and like try to come up with these like intricate plots, then I think I could uh, level up my own story. Well, yeah, because each one of her books has a puzzle to be solved, mm-hmm. and even it, it's it's each book has its own mystery, but then all the books put together has this overarching story involving Voldemort coming back. Yeah. So that's your that's your overall arc. But even in the last book, um, which they're about to go to war and fight for the freedom of the wizarding world, there's still a mystery of trying to figure out what the Deathly Hallows is. Yeah. And like, what's this, what's this children's book that we're talking about and we have to go, what's this symbol mean? Mm -hmm. There's still that mystery built into the plot Mm -hmm. uh, in having it all come to a head at the very end of the book, you know, yeah, or end of the series. So, so yeah, I totally get that for sure. Mm -hmm. What was mine? (laughs) (laughs) Yours was that she was one of the first people... You thought it was the, you know, finding something that hadn't been done yet. And that okay. was the wizarding world at school. Yeah. So, yeah, that's right. So, my my theory was... My theory was, before Harry Potter came on the scene, no one had done magic quite like this. Like, there were fantasy books written, and they involved dragons and magic and witches and warlocks and all that stuff. But we didn't see them go to school and become... Learn how to become a witch or wizard. And so I thought it was just... There was a lot of imagination and nuance. And even whenever I was listening to the books, like there's a potions class. And that's one thing. Oh, you have a classroom. But it's like set in a dungeon. Oh, okay, that's cool. There's like this cave. There's this rock walls. And they all have like these cast iron cauldrons. And it's like, oh, okay. So... She's really rounding out the the imagery of this thing. It's not like oh we have like these pots or mm-hmm. we have bunsen burners like a regular classroom. It's it's this world of magic, and so mm-hmm. they have witchy stuff, and so they have cauldrons, and there's you know there's magical cats, and there's all this mm-hmm. other stuff, and so it's really it's taking what we know kind of about know and love about Halloween, mm-hmm. but putting a high school spin on it. And that had, up, up until that point, I hadn't seen that before, yeah. you know. And her imagination and how they don't use mail. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't use text messages. They use owls to send letters mm-hmm. back and forth. And they don't write with pens. They write with quills. Like, yeah. all that minutia, all that mm-hmm. detail mm-hmm. really rounds out that entire world and really ignites the imagination of the reader. And so... Like I said, that's something that we hadn't seen done before. Like, mm-hmm. Hunger Games is, and I mentioned this to you when we were talking about it, Hunger Games is your is a good book and a good story, but it's your, your typical futuristic utopian society that you have to escape and figure out a way to get out of it. It's also, go ahead. No, go ahead. What were you going to say? It isn't pleasant to be in that world. Exactly. And it's not fun to be at the Capitol. Who yeah. wants to be in the Hunger Games? You're fighting for yeah. your life. 
But in um, Harry Potter, it's like, oh, this would be... You can see yourself as a student going here. This is kind of cool. And the paintings talk, and the staircases move. Yeah, the world building is exceptional. Yeah, and everything is not as it seems, which is what I really like And I I think it's... That part, I think a lot of people can do amazing world building. I think what made it uh, go above and beyond it again is like we hadn't quite seen it like this before. Like a school wizard and witches going to school. Right. right. And it's not in a, a unique world. It's like in our world. And like potentially every time we see like a phone booth or a fireplace or... I'm trying to think of all the the little hidden passageways, but like if we see um, those things in our world, we can be like, oh, I might could get to Hogwarts through there, or you exactly. know, like whatever. Yeah, yeah, I don't know how to describe it. No, I think you're doing a good job, and I and I like like I, I'm not saying I do this on purpose. It could be subconscious. It could be completely by coincidence, but that's what I like about when you're talking about writing writing the after death. I'm trying to set the after death of of ghosts living in a world beside people, which is what mm-hmm. Harry Potter's doing. Yeah. This wizarding world exists kind of like underneath the surface mm-hmm. beside regular people. Like when they go to the House of Black, the House of Black is on a street mm-hmm. that's really that that that's real that exists. Mm-hmm. But by magic, it pops up between these two houses and nobody else is the wiser yeah. that there's these people who are magicians. Mm-hmm. And wizards, and they live in this house between them two, but nobody really knows what's going on, you know, mm-hmm. underneath the surface. And so, in the after death, uh, that's not a big part, but that's kind of like the vibe that I like. Mm-hmm. Like in one of the strips, I have, you know, when the ghosts pass through you, that's whenever you get like the chills. The chills, like, and so now anytime I get the chill, I'm like, where's the ghost? Yeah, you can think about yeah. th- that story, and same with I love with that. Harry Potter. So, yeah. Um, so yeah. She did so many things right, but those are just a couple of the things that I feel like I could implement into my own writing. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. That I learned. So this is our epic review of the Harry Potter films. We appreciate you listening. It's good to be back and behind the mic, I must say, because it's been too long. I really enjoy doing the podcast, mm-hmm. and so we look forward to doing. Uh, of course, we look forward to getting back into the habit of bringing you guys some podcasts. The next one will probably be back to form with uh, what's inspiring us, um, which I have a ton to talk about. (laughs) Draplin. Draplin. (laughs) And we probably won't take you along on this next journey, but right now we wanted to marathon something else, and so we started with the X-Men last night. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're marathoning those. We kind of got in the habit of, like, really getting into watching a series of movies, and we've already done the Marvel movies. We did those in real time. Yeah. But I've never watched the X-Men. Well, yeah. I've watched the first two X-Men films, but then I fell off. I was mm-hmm. like, ah, whatever. And so because we crave movie night, yeah. <laughs> we're like, we need to find another series. Yeah. So we started the X-Men movies, and that way we can kind of uh, pick them apart. We can stop. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. We, so. really, we really had so much fun with the, the Harry Potter movies, and I'm so glad because I, I didn't have high expectations, but here we are. Here we are. Well, cool. Thanks for listening, you guys. Um, We hope you guys are safe and sound out there and are doing well. Uh, We know it's kind of trying times, but uh, we hope that you're in a good place and you're in a happy place and you're in a stable place. 
And yeah, we can't wait to, to get back to it. Until next time. Be, be well. well.